Hello and welcome to the Pink Stripes podcast. I'm joined by Andy this week to discuss the victory over the Redskins as well as the upcoming Thursday night matchup against the New York Giants. How are you today, Andy? Doing all right. How are you? Not so bad. Back in Virginia. Stayed in D.C. over the weekend to watch the game. Ooh. How'd that go? It was great. Uh, we, The fan base, the Patriots fan base turned out big time I was going to say, game. you were part of the, the home crowd there. Yeah, it was loud. There were I think three or four loud Brady chants. Yeah, you uh, could hear him on TV. Yeah. Uh, a my lot of corner, the defense chants. Yeah, yeah. My corner was uh, the corner where the tunnel was, where the Patriots came in and out of. Oh, nice. So it was almost entirely Patriots fans because everybody there knew that that would be the tunnel. Oh, I see. Um, so when the game was done, you had you know Tom Brady was waving to our section. Matt Slater's had his uh like uh hand to his ear and everything, trying to get everybody louder. Belichick <laughs> was waving to people. Uh, Julian Edelman was getting super pumped up at the end. It was great. Man, imagine being a Redskins fan. That's uh, gonna be, just feels so disrespectful. <laughs> the the sad thing is, there were Redskins fans literally asking Patriots fans to start to sell the team chant. Did it happen? Uh, there was a half-hearted one. Oh, that's a shame. Yeah. Dan Snyder is such an embarrassment of an owner. It's just, He's so bad. It's pitiful. Yeah, one of the few um, like sports-related articles that I still have bookmarked is the one about how bad of an owner um, Dan Snyder is. It's like the A mm. to Z list of of reasons and he literally has a reason for every single letter and i believe number like zero through nine i think the biggest thing is just how downright unethical he is as a human being oh yeah well. and this was written i don't know like 10 years ago and there's still before, more yeah before the whole pimping out his cheerleaders thing came out yeah exactly i don't know how that got brushed under the rug i i don't know money i guess but uh, yeah, let's get into the game then. Uh, first half, our offense was a little frustrating. <laughs> a little. Our game plan appeared to be to kind of spread the defense out. Uh, I mean, our first drive, what we did was we went with our heavier set. We had two tight ends and Jakob Johnson out there. Or it might have been uh, one tight end and Jakob Johnson in the running back. Mm-hmm. And we would spread them out five wide and try to get favorable matchups with that. But we didn't try to run the ball at all, almost the entirety of the first half. And when we did a few times it was usually some zone run that just wasn't going to work and the Redskins just didn't seem to even try to play run defense for most of that first half because they knew we were going to be passing the ball and we they were not afraid of our ground attack at all Uh, yeah it was uh it, it did feel a little obvious like you said with splitting the fullback out wide just to see you know, like we've talked about before, if it's man or if it's zone, depending on who mm-hmm. goes out there to cover him. And then it was supposed to be just a Brady matchup thing, but it felt like it it worked in spurts, like the touchdown drive. Yeah. It felt like they could do whatever they wanted. Yeah. yeah. But you didn't really see it outside of that in the first half. And I feel like that was I was actually I wanted to ask you about this. It felt like that was mostly the offensive line struggles. Like Brady just didn't have the time to do what he needed to do it was a combination of the the redskins were playing good pass coverage 
And it was, there were plays where Brady just didn't have anybody open. Mm -hmm. But it was also, particularly Marshall Newhouse was not doing a good job on the offensive line. Our left tackle position is so weak right now. That's what I wanted to ask you is, was it just the like the offensive lineman getting beat one-on-one or was it more of a communication thing? Cause I, I saw video well, there, of both of them this week of how it looked like new house was expecting help inside on a, a double team that wasn't there. So it looked like he let the guy go, but maybe didn't. Well, there it's a combination. It's Marshall Newhouse just isn't a very good left tackle in general. Uh, he's very slow. He's very sluggish and, he doesn't have very low pad level, so it's easy to get into his chest and get get leverage on him. And it's easy to get around him, like I said, because he's slow. Like He's one of those guys where, yeah, he's big and he looks like a left tackle, but he doesn't play well. Mm-hmm. Um, and there is also, there is communication issues, which is tied to, you know, this team, this unit doesn't have much chemistry. They haven't played together that long. Uh and you're, the play you're talking about, Marshall Newhouse just kind of inexplicably laid a double block on to help out Tooney and let a guy just come right past him. I don't know if that's Marshall Newhouse's like mistake or if that's Tom Brady didn't set the protection right or if there was miscommunication between the two, uh, between Brady and yeah. the offensive line, but something happened there. And it, it's something that they really need to shore up because it. I mean, the Giants don't have a good defense. We should be okay against them, although Thursday night has me a little skittish because Thursday nights are tough. Yeah. But how's their, how's their tougher defensive games line look? I don't Because, I mean, when you think of the Giants, you think of a good a defensive line, but I don't actually know much about them this year. Um, in general, they just don't have a very good defensive roster. Their secondary is their weakest unit, but they've given up, I think it's the third most yards against at this point. Yeah. It, it it's it's been just tough sledding all all season for them defensively. Um, yeah. I'm gonna look up what the roster looks like right now. Um, yeah, what I'm seeing now is 23rd in the the league in rushing yards mm-hmm. and how much rushing yards they give up. And that's their better stat then. Yeah, they're 26. Oh, wait, no, sorry, that's they're oh they're 25th in no 28 in passing yards against. 25th in passing touchdowns against. Ooh. Yeah, that's tough. Yeah, and they've yeah. got Dalvin Tomlinson is okay, but they they really don't have a whole lot else. Yeah, on the defensive line. Dexter Lawrence. Uh, I mean, <laughs> they, they don't they don't really have anybody there. Uh, they've got a couple of guys on the outside linebacker, but they're just guys. Lorenzo Carter and Marcus Golden, David Mayo. It's just not much for them. Uh, I don't recognize many of these names. Look at their roster here. They're basically the entire defense is basically just made up of Jags, like yeah, it, and below replacement level guys as well. At middle linebacker in particular, it's it's just you got Alec Ogletree who's not been good for a while and is getting a lot of money to not be good. And behind that, they've got, what, Nate Stupar? It's just not pretty. And and the injuries they've got just makes it so much tougher for them offensively as well. Mm -hmm. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I think our offensive line, I think this is a good-ish matchup for our offensive line. It's going to be, both sides are going to have to simplify for Thursday. 
We're mm-hmm. not going to have enough time to set a proper game plan in like we would on a Sunday. Uh, so a simplified game plan can probably can possibly help our offensive line because they won't have to do as much thinking. Right. And it can also help because the defense won't be able to be as complicated. So is, and in terms of game planning, is setting up a, like a running attack in terms of offensive line calls easier to do than a, a passing one? Um, is there less depends. communication that needs to happen? Like you just kind of know which guy you're going to block coming out of the snap or? Well, there's two kinds of blocking for running. There is your power running schemes and then there's your zone running schemes. Usually the Patriots over the past few years have been a zone running scheme. Uh, going back to Corey Dillon, it was more of a power running. We had a lot more pulling guards and things like that. Yeah. But for the last few years, especially with the massive increase of zone running out of the shotgun, it's been a lot of zone running for us. Um, what I saw us do last week against the Redskins on Sunday in the second half was switch to a power running from zone. Yeah, I was going to say. The guards. I, I feel more, this season as well, you've seen more of that. Mm-hmm. It's When we've run zone running, it hasn't worked so well, and a lot of that is just because we don't have the talent on offensive line to really mm-hmm. do it. Uh, and it, it when you have a when you have a zone running scheme, it's it's harder for a running back to really be able to excel in a zone running scheme when they I guess the game hasn't quite slowed down for them or they're a little bit more indecisive about things when they don't have to make a choice when it's just you've got this gap or possibly this gap, or maybe a cutback, that's it. It's mm-hmm. a lot easier to run. And that's what Sonny Michel's done is he, he had indecision issues in a lot of those zone runs. And a lot of that is a lack of trust in the offensive line to actually open a hole. And a lot of it is also just he just didn't seem like he knew what he needed to do on a lot of those run, running plays in the zones. He just kept on stretching it out and stretching it out, and then you'd get two yards and it was an ugly play. But with these power running teams, it allows our offensive lineman to get downhill fast and allows us to get a lead blocker in there. And he can follow the lead blocker, make a guy miss, and then get to the second level and you got 10, 15 yards. Uh, and it's also helped that Jakob Johnson has improved tremendously since we yeah. started bringing him in. There was on, on the touchdown run, he blocked two people downfield. Yeah, he did. And it was, it was an absolute beautiful piece of blocking. It was, a, what, a 15-yard touchdown, I think? Yeah, and while so. Sony did have to make a guy miss with a stiff arm, he would not have gotten even close to a touchdown without Jakob Johnson's two blocks on that play. And that's right. something that we hadn't had in previous weeks because Jakob hadn't really gotten there yet, and we hadn't really been utilizing him much. We've been using a lot of single backs and shotgun runs. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it does seem like Sony Michelle is more comfortable running behind a fullback that way mm-hmm. instead of yep. and like, that's why following we, him and into the that's, hole and then making this cut out, out off of That's why he's been so successful at the goal line. Right, exactly. We trust him at the goal line in particular because he's very good at getting his pad level low, getting behind a fullback and just getting into the end zone. He doesn't waste any time, he doesn't waste any movement. He just goes. Yeah. But in his zone run, he just doesn't seem to be able to make that decision, make that cut and go. Yeah. So I mean it sounds like there's a different almost skill set for a running back mm-hmm. for each of those. Is it a different skill set for the linemen as well? Uh, usually your power linemen are going to be, well, it depends on the position. 
your tackles are usually going to be your bigger, burlier guys for power running. Uh, they're basically just their entire job is just to move the guy off the line. Uh, right. Same thing with your center is usually going to be a little bit more powerful in it, but your guards are usually going to need to be able to move. They have to they'll have to get out, get in front, and hit a guy hard and drive them deep down the field. Uh, that's what like <laughs> my favorite offensive lineman to watch in the NFL. That's what he excels at. Quentin Nelson is probably the best pulling guard in the NFL, which is a lot of praise because Shaq Mason's right up there with him. Oh no, kids. And Shaq Mason, of course, he's a Georgia Tech kid. He, of course, he knows how to pull. Yeah. They were a flex bone offense when he was there. That was their entire thing was pulling guards and power running out of the, of the triple option. Man's um, had a lot of practice. Yes, that's, and he excels at it. Yeah. But with zone running, you're going to need to be a lot more agile, I guess. Um, it's going to be a lot less about just straight up moving a guy off and more about trying to create a lane either way. Uh, it's more about technique in that regard. Get your head across the guy and just create a gap for your running back to cut down into. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's not going to be like with a power run, you usually have an assignment. You either have a gap that you're hitting or you have a specific person that you're hitting with a zone. It's, it's whoever's near you. It, you've got, it's exactly what it sounds like. It's you have a zone to block. Right. Okay. Um, unless you're a lead blocker in that case, which you do have. Sometimes you have a tight end that try to, tries to lead off of it. He'll like chip a guy and come up. Um, and that's another thing that you'll see a lot is guards in a zone block. They'll do like, um, for, existence, for uh, example, against a four-man front, which you'll usually see in the NFL now because of nickel. Yeah, uh, it would be you, you have you have the guy kind of splitting the a gap. He's in the a gap between the center and the guard. You'll see they'll hit the, the left guard if it's running to the left will hit him as and like but kind of chip him into the center to get the center more aligned, and then you'll see that left guard split up field to get to the second level to get a linebacker. Okay, that's something we haven't been able to do. I don't know if it's, um, I don't know if it's just the Tooney's kind of struggling to get up to that level, or if it's he needs to help out Karras more at center, whereas David Andrews would be a lot more reliable in that regard. I don't know what it is, but we've been struggling with that. Wasn't Karras on the smaller side for a center as well? Yes, but so is David Andrews. That's true. That was always the knock on Andrews was his size, and yeah. he has a relative lack of strength. But Andrews is so good with leverage and so intelligent and so good with technique that he makes up for it. Karras is, he has some limited experience at center. And center is a vastly, vastly different position from guard or tackle. Mm -hmm. Well, that's been your, your offensive line hour. <laughs> I know, but uh, I know John uh, from the Slack chat is very much going to appreciate that. Good. Glad somebody will. But I think, I mean, even with all of this focus on the run game, which I think not just by us, but by the, the Patriots as well, you still have Tom Brady throwing for 300 plus yards, yep. a few touchdowns and passing Brett Favre in career passing yards. And, and what we saw out of it with the focus on the running in the second half, it really, really opened up our passing attack. Because one of the th the Patriots more than just about anybody else in the league, the only the only others that really do it would, would be anybody in the Shanahan tree. Yeah, the Patriots more than basically anybody else run play action, and play action is if you have the right blocking, play action is the most efficient form of passing because the defenders have to honor the run, especially if you're running it successfully. It's true, and yet 
even in the first half, I thought that the Patriots were surprisingly successful on play action, which I didn't. Yeah. I, I feel like we've talked about this again before that the Patriots, their play action seems to be freezing linebackers, mm-hmm. regardless of whether or not the run is working or if they're even committed to the run. Because, like you said, in the first half, the Patriots weren't running it almost at all. And yet the, the play action was still a big part of their passing offense. Well, from a defensive standpoint, when you're going against a team that runs play action, you have to honor the run. That, that would basically be the, the verbiage that you'd hear is you have to honor the play, pack, the play fake because if it's a real run, you're screwed if you don't because you'll be so far out of position. Right. And that's what it plays into is usually they're going to have to take a step or two. They're going to have to scrape to that side that you're running or they might even make a false step forward to try to blow it up and mm-hmm. you suddenly have somebody behind him and all it takes is a half a step to get to beat a linebacker. Right. Um, and that's why it's so successful is it just creates much easier openings than just straight up passing where the defense doesn't even have to react to the possibility of a run. They can just drop straight back. And it feels like Tom Brady is really good at selling the play fake too. Yep. He does something that a lot of quarterbacks don't do. He absolutely 100% turns his back to the defense. Yes. I was just and that is that. very, very difficult for a quarterback to do. It takes a lot of bravery to do it. It takes a lot <laughs> yeah. of discipline to do it because you're blind. You're literally blind. You don't know what the defense is doing. Like right. it, it's, it's a testament to his ability to read a defense that he can trust himself enough to do that and be disciplined enough to do that. And also how quickly he can then read and react to the play. Once he's got his head back around. Yep. Looking downfield, he can almost instantaneously read what the defensive coverage is. And, you know, I'm sure yep. part of that is pre-snap stuff, but just and from that, turnaround to him getting rid of the ball is incredible. There's nobody better in the NFL at selling the play fake. His ability to make every single play action look like it's going to be a run is superb. Mm -hmm. And it's part of the reason he's been successful for so long. The play action has always been a huge part of Tom Brady's game. Yep, it has. Um, So with our switch to more jumbo sets on the offensive side. We saw a lot more two tight end sets with Ryan Izzo and Matt Lacoste. Yeah. And this plays into Ben Watson was released. It plays into that. We trust Izzo and Lacoste to make plays and <laughs> to not just thir- like horrifically mess up. Now, uh, I think it was, I think it was Lacoste did make a mistake in the game. I, I can't remember if it was, a, I think it was a pretty decently bad drop at one point. Yeah. But generally, especially from is in Izzo's case, generally when asked to, they've made the plays they need to make. Yeah, they, I don't. They both look the same to me still. All, t- <laughs> all tight ends look bigger. the same to me. Izzo's a little bigger. Lacoste can make people miss. Lacoste had a really nice juke move on a guy in that game. Yeah, and somebody had a like a turnaround catch where Brady kind of that was Izzo, threw it yeah. behind him. Was it Izzo? Yeah. Yeah, that was a really tough play. That that's not easy to do. And yeah, to be able to not not just to make that catch, but be able to keep your balance and get yards after it, that was very impressive to me. Yeah, it felt like Izzo had the better game. Um, just yes, looking at did, the numbers, yeah. Lacoste was targeted four times, but only caught one of them. Yep. So my guess is he was the one that had the the costly drop. Yeah, yeah, he had a he had a pretty bad drop. I think it was the third down too. Yeah, I can't I remember though. Uh, so 
on the defensive side of the ball, it was basically exactly what we expected. More we, of the same. We practically shut them down entirely outside of a single play. Uh, and Those I'm sure once in a while. I'm sure <laughs> the McCordy twins heard about that in the film because they <laughs> I'm both sure they they're still just, hearing about it. They didn't just miss the tackles. Those were some really bad misses, especially from Jason. He yeah. he had him dead to rights, and he just kind of like just like kind of flopped off of him. And I just don't understand how that happened. Uh, J.C. Jackson overplayed it on that play. Tried, I, I mean, he's kind of trying to funnel him back inside the the ball carry back inside, but he overplayed it, and it just made it really easy for the guy to get upfield. But yeah. that should have been a fifteen to twenty yard play, and instead it turns into this long touchdown. Um, I think there was also an element of significant surprise because that was literally a flex bone option play that they ran. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't think I would ever see the day that there was a flex bone offense play in the NFL. Well, you're probably not going to see it again because uh, the coach that called it is no longer there. But Yeah. I, I have opinions about that, but this is a Patriots <laughs> podcast. Um, it's an opinions podcast. Let's hear it. <laughs> Jay Gruen's not the problem, and he never was the problem in Washington. I'm not saying he was the solution, but the oh, timing of the firing is just, it just continues to show the incompetence of the organization. Yeah. They expect that team with that roster to win games, and I don't know how. There isn't talent on that team. There's a little bit on the defensive side, and Adrian Peterson has something left in the tank, but there's almost nothing else. Right. And they're down to what? The third quarterback i think right yeah second two and a half string quarterback yeah, it, it's case keenum's not there right now and case keenum wasn't the issue either mm. um and now it's colt mccoy because they don't trust dwayne haskins he's not ready yet right they, which... you're not gonna you're not gonna win football games against good teams with colt mccoy and the expectation for them to like everybody knew going into that game that it wasn't going to be competitive at the end it, the fact that it was competitive at halftime was a surprise. Yeah. And I don't see how Jay Gruden gets all that blame, but Bruce Allen still has a job. If you're going to fire Jay Gruden from the organization, you either need to do it last offseason or in the upcoming offseason. Firing him midseason is not good. It's not a good look. And, and, and if, not, if you look at all the, the coaches and everything since um, what's-his-fuck bought the team, None of them have been good, and they've yeah. they've been Not, good bunch of different guys, bunch of you know well known names, and I mean they brought Gibbs them. back. They had Shanahan, yeah, and uh, uh, Jay Gruden was the winningest coach out of all of them, and yep. even he was a bunch of games under five hundred. And then you look at all the coordinators that came from Washington that have gone on elsewhere. All very very successful coordinators, it's, exactly. It all starts from the top. That organization, there's just a stench to it. Yep. And it's Dan Snyder's a terrible owner. He meddles way too much with the team. And the general manager he's picked, and Bruce Allen, is absolutely a despicable human, honestly. A dumpster fire of a person. He, he really is. And he's just a yes man to Dan. And yep. it, I don't understand. I mean, I understand how he has a job. He's basically just stokes snyder's ego oh yeah but at the same time i don't understand how somebody so incompetent has a job in the nfl altogether especially after this long so 
firing Jay Gruden, uh, probably under the hopes that they would somehow pull Lincoln Riley, which I think is hysterical. Hasn't he already come out and said he's not going to? Yep, he has. (laughs) He's not interested in the job. He he said even if he did have eyes for the NFL, he would not go to the Redskins. (laughs) And that is entirely fair. If I was a a prospective NFL head coach, the first thing I would say is I'm not coaching the Redskins. You couldn't pay me enough. Absolutely not. I I would not do it. I would rather go to Miami right now. Oh, yeah. At least they have a plan. Yeah. At least they're doing this on purpose. But I, the, the two organizations I wouldn't want to coach for would be Washington and Cincinnati. Yeah. Yeah. Or even Dallas, maybe. At least Dallas tries to win. They've just got a meddlesome owner. Exactly. Yeah. There's that meddlesome owner is not going to put you in a position to succeed, really. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the Redskins are going to have a hard time because the Venn diagram of like the intersection of people who can improve this team and people who want to coach for the Redskins is got to be a real small pool of people. Yeah, it really is. If, if there's anybody even out there, which I'm not sure there is. It, it might be harder for them to hire somebody to the Redskins than it was for the Browns to find somebody. Yeah, yeah I, would, I would agree with that. Um, not that the Browns so, have had much success in that either, but yeah, the 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 big mistake they made this off season was, are, are really Freddie Kitchens is the best you can do, right? He got promoted way too quickly. He should have he, he would have been fine as an offensive coordinator, I think, but mm-hmm. a head coach is way too soon. And I honestly think you cannot convince me that Mike McCarthy is not a good enough option for Cleveland, right? Mike McCarthy would have been a perfect head coach for that situation. Mike McCarthy's calling card is coaching quarterbacks. Exactly. And he would, I mean, I think it would be almost kind of like a Jeff Fisher at the Rams sort of thing where he's the transition before they make the jump. So he kind of takes him that first step to like an eight, eight, nine and seven team. And then I'd even go higher than that. I, I think Mike McCarthy could make that team competitive because he has an offensive mind that works in the NFL. Yeah. The issue, the issue in Green Bay is it's. It, I honestly think it's a lot like an Andy Reid situation where it was just time to go. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't have any negative thoughts of Mike McCarthy as a head coach. Similarly to, I don't have negative thoughts about Andy Reid as a head coach. It was just they both their time was up where they were. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, continuing on the note of our defense quickly before we move on. Yeah. Uh, Oh, that's right. This is a so, Patriots podcast, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> uh, we had two turnovers forced. Uh, Jonathan Jones had the nice punch out, which we're seeing a lot more in the NFL. We're seeing a lot of people punching things out. Yeah. Um, I love it. I love. I, I miss Peanut Tillman so much. Um, but <laughs> his, he had his that. Peanut Punch is still around. Everybody still calls yep. it that. Yep. Uh, had, I, I have uh, to say, on that play, Jamie Collins trying he to should. pick up the ball and booting it instead. Yeah, that was a little it's that's that's the old Jamie Collins rearing his head. That's what that is. That it's it's basic fundamentals that you you pick the ball up from the side. You don't pick it up straight on. That way you don't kick it. Like if you're going to pick it up, you need to be picking up to your side. It's a lot I mean, easier. Easier it's said a lot easier. the the heat of the moment, but I mean, I've done it. If well, I've done it, then I'm sure he can. <laughs> 
<laughs> no harm, no foul, though, because he still ended up with it. But yeah, I thought that was very classic was little, Jamie Collins coming. Yeah, I was a little frustrated with that. Um, speaking of, well, first off, Jason McCourty had a really nice pick. It was kind of gift wrapped to him because Cole McCoy yeah. threw it behind, but it was still very good positioning by Jason McCourty to be there yeah. and to react that quickly and get the yardage he did. And it was a big time turnover because it allowed us to get some points. Right. Especially since Brady threw another one of those boneheaded, what the hell are you doing interceptions two weeks yeah. in a row of that. Um, He's just lulling defenses to sleep, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Uh, Dante Hightower had another really good game. He I'd almost had a def- pick. The fact, def- yeah, Dante Hightower has an has a very frustrating tendency to drop picks or just barely <laughs> not get the turnover. That hit him right between the five and the four. <laughs> uh, but outside of that, I'd say Dante Hightower was the most dominant figure in our defense. Yes, he had five tackles. He had three tackle assisted tackles. He had one and a half sacks, and he was flying all over the field. He was just. <laughs> Yeah, especially having missed the game before, too. Yep. He's playing at such a high level. He's playing so fast right now. Yeah, that sack he had on the rollout on the third down. I think he actually Mm -hmm. had two back-to-back plays because he stopped the second down run Yep. Yep. the tackle in the backfield. But that sack, it it reminded me of the uh, Kyle Van Noy sack in the Super Bowl. Yeah. Where it's just... He's He closed so fast. Yeah, he closed so fast, though. It's like, I, I don't... I didn't know Hightower was fast. Yeah, exactly. it's not like part of his game. But he also, on the first play of the game too, he ran down. Uh, what is from it, the backside? Yeah, he he ran that down from the backside. He's running yep. down running backs and wide receivers. It's like Jesus. Uh, then, the last note for the defense is Chase Winovich. He's he's looking really disruptive when we have him out there for their pass rushing sets. We don't yes. use him very much. We he's almost exclusively used as just a pure pin his ears back pass rusher, which yeah, works for him. Belichick today was saying something about how they're using 20 different players on defense right now. Yep. Because they're talking about um, Martellus Bennett not getting as much playing time as you mean was Michael. expected. Michael Bennett, yeah. 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 Michael Bennett and uh, Chase Winovich are basically just pure pressure package players. Yeah, so as soon as the Patriots go up late in the game, you put those two in, and they're just wreaking havoc right now. Yep. Uh, the only the only negative to Winovich is, as you would expect, his size. His size, yeah. He's, he's a little small out there. You, you, visit, you can see it when you... Like, it's, <laughs> in Especially person, when he lines up uh, across from the left tackle. In person, it's so much more noticeable, too. Is it really? He's so much smaller than everybody out there. Jesus. Uh, there was one play I saw. He had a couple of nice plays out there, but there was one play I saw where he just got absolutely punked by a guy. Just shoulders to chest, just knocked back like five yards because he was just so much smaller. <laughs> what was impressive about it is that he stayed on his feet and the other guy got injured. Oh, Jesus. But, but uh, he just, he just, he's not a big guy, but he's so fast and his engine is just so good yeah and he has a really he has good technique out there he's he, yeah he's, he's winning battles one-on-one yeah, his, his yeah. hands are really quick yes so uh all in all it was a good win against the redskins uh yeah we think had the, a little uh, diversity in the first half we showed our ability to adjust yeah we, we showed our offense the, is the still effective scoring average has dropped to yeah, <laughs> one touchdown a game now. Yeah, which is batshit crazy. 
Yes. It's insane. I thought Jason McCourty was going to get that too. Yeah. Um, so moving on to the Giants, we got a short week. There's not going to be much rest for either team. It's a Thursday night. Uh, Thursday nights are always difficult. It's always a kind of an equalizer. Mm. How do you feel about Thursday night games as a fan? I don't like them. No. Uh, for one, usually the quality of the game is worse. Uh, the teams, the game plans are so simplified because they haven't had time. They're trying to prioritize rest over preparation in a lot of cases. Uh, it's it's just a worse quality of football. Everybody's playing hurt. It, it's And for me, from my perspective, for a league that talks so much about player safety, it's so hypocritical to have Thursday night games like that. Oh, yeah. With such short rest. I mean, it's you think teams get two days of rest, essentially, after a game. They usually have Monday off and Tuesdays a light day is usually film study and things like that mm-hmm. from the previous week. You come off of a Sunday game and you're going to Thursday, you're going straight into Wednesday, essentially. You're going straight into immediate preparation for the next game. Yeah. And that is tough on the body. You do not have enough time to recover. Yeah, and, I think I saw and, the Patriots just, they don't do live practice. They just do nothing but walkthroughs on yep. weeks where there's Thursday games. And it makes it so much tougher to actually be ready for games because of it. But you right. have to do that, especially with our, the Patriots have one of the oldest teams in the NFL. Yep, that's true. It, it takes a while for some of these guys to recover. You've got at a certain point, everybody's in the ice baths, everybody's in the cold chambers, and you just don't recover from injuries as quickly. You don't, you can't. Tell after a game, that. you're so sore. I fucking wake up sore because I slept wrong. Yeah, exactly. Imagine how they're doing. They're in car yeah. crashes thirty times a game. Exactly. Uh, but the Giants are going through the exact same thing. Even if they're a younger team. They also Worst. have a ton of injuries. They're going to be missing a lot of players. I'm yep. not really afraid of this game. I, it should, yet again, be another relatively easy win. Uh, even it though Daniel Jones has way. shown some flashes of talent, but it's still a Thursday night. It's still kind of an equalizing game because their defense is not going to have the same ta- time to study film, and it's going to be a lot of new guys that they haven't seen before because of the injuries. Uh, Sterling Shepard's going to be out. Saquon Barkley's unlikely to play. Evan Ingram is out with or should be probably out with an mcl injury yeah i wouldn't expect him to play on a thursday on a short week Uh, yeah i would have a hard time believing he would and so i mean but then who does who does that leave they've got what cody Lattimore and uh golden tate at receiver and that's about it yeah oh yeah golden tate's back and he had a quiet game which you you don't expect him to be 100 percent anyways coming back from suspension but He'll have to if they have any chance to succeed. He'll yeah. have to play well because mm-hmm. it's not going to be Wayne Gallman. Wayne Gallman's not going to be Saquon Barkley out there. No. And Daniel Jones needs somebody to get open. Yeah. And then another thing is, yes, it's going to be a more simplified defense probably, but I do fully expect us to still try to throw some complex packages at Daniel Jones, do that amoeba defense that we've been picking up a lot over the last few years, send exotic blitzes and things like that at him. Because he has shown a tendency to just force the ball into coverage, especially when he gets pressured. He's yeah, got, he, he's uh, he, he's known to throw an interception or three. He's he's got some he's got talent. He really he does. does. But he's definitely a rookie out there. 
Yeah, and rookie quarterbacks against Belichick, especially in New England. They don't fare well. They don't fare well, and he's got no weapons. I mean, looking at yards from scrimmage, where are the players uh, on the Giants right now? The one, two, the top three guys, Ingram, Barkley, and Shepard are probably out. Mm-hmm. It's Wayne Gallman, who has 186 total yards from scrimmage so far this season. Yep. Then you've it's, got somebody named Darius Slayton. Yep, he's he's gotten a, a decent amount of targets going into the like throughout the year. Yeah. But I still don't know anything about him. I haven't personally watched him yet. I, I don't he, know anything about him. From the looks of it, he's their deep threat. He's got nine catches for 157 yards. Yeah, it sounds like he's more of a down-the-field type guy. Right, which, exactly. Uh, how tall is he? Do you know? Uh, he is 6'1", 190. I would say, I mean, that's still within Jonathan Jones's range. I would think so. That, that might be Jones's guy. Uh, probably Gilmore and Golden Tate. Although you could still see, I could still see Gilmore on Slayton and uh, like McCordy on Tate or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, after that, I mean, Benny Fowler and Cody Lattimore are your other options. And yeah, uh, and they, I mean, they've both played in the NFL for a while, but they're not exactly, you know, they're not going to blow the doors off of a team. No, they're and, this far down the depth chart for a reason. The the entirety of their Basically, the entirety of the Giants is just a bunch of Jags, just just a guys, basically. Yep. And that doesn't exactly inspire much fear, considering how extraordinarily dominant our defense has been. Yeah, it almost feels like even with the short week, this defense can almost dictate what they want to do. Yep. Like they just play their game, and they'll they'll be fine. And one of the things our defense does. The Giants going into preparation for this game, they're not going to know what to do for our defense because we did something that completely different against the Redskins than what we had done previous weeks. In all the previous weeks, we've been showing all those amoeba defenses and all these exotic blitz packages and all these exotic looks yeah. and everything. We just played straight up, just 100% showing it perfectly. Cover yeah, one, defense. press man against the Redskins. That is all we did. We did press man. We did some cover three shell. Yeah, didn't Adrian Peterson comment about that this week yep. after the he game? Said we, like, just, well, we just went out on there tape. And we see all these exotic things, but then in the game, they just they didn't hide anything. They just played what like man up and just showed us what we were going to do, and we couldn't do anything about it anyway. Exactly, and that's one of those things where the Giants are going to be like, "Well, are they going to show those looks, or are they not? Are we going to be preparing for them to be complex, or are they not?" And I feel like there it might be a little bit of gamemanship by the Patriots going into it because it might be a from the Redskins game, it might be a, well, we might not have the ability to do the exotic things, so we're going to show you this stuff just in case. Like, kind of a, you don't know. Like, if we show the exotic looks on Thursday, you might be surprised because you think we won't have time to do it. And you're going to be preparing for the looks that we showed on tape against the Redskins instead. Maybe. Yeah, it almost feels like... I mean, the Patriots are known for doing that Belichick, Yeah, one of those Belichick things where, you know, he's... If they're up big, they're going to start running it, you know, running random packages in the red zone just to just to make the other team fair. Well, just to screw with the numbers too, because you know yep. all, all, everything's analytics these days. So, yep. If now the Patriots have shown that there's a X percent chance that they will go five wide with a QB sneak up the middle yeah. on fourth down in the red zone because you know they didn't need to play, but now it's on everybody else's books. 
and, and the Patriots might throw in some kind of formation that they've never run before when they're up by like three scores. Exactly. Just to yeah. say, now you've got to prepare for that formation. What are you going to do? Yeah. So I think, and then I think uh, the Giants defense is embarrassing, honestly. Yeah, we touched on this already, but they're they're not great, which... They, they don't have anybody, really, for defensive no. talent. It, it's just such a porous defense. Uh, I mean, they're, they're, they're the starting line is B.J. Hill, Dalvin Tomlinson, and Dexter Lawrence. Yeah. Lawrence is okay. Dalvin Tomlinson's been around for a while. B.J. Hill is a, basically a nobody. They've got... <laughs> He's a uh, blowjob joke, let's be honest. Yeah, basically. Uh, Marcus Golden, he's a fast guy, but he's not very good. Alec Ogletree hasn't been good for a while. Tay Davis is kind of their sub-linebacker. Ogletree's uh, hurt, too. I don't think he's playing. So it'd probably be David Mayo, then. Um, and that's that's even easier for us. David Mayo's Lesser. not very good at all. Lesser of the Mayos? Yeah. Uh, Lorenzo Carter is not very good. Uh, at cornerback, Janoris Jenkins is one of the worst cornerbacks in the NFL right now. Flat out, good? he just he just gets burned week in and week out it's embarrassing to watch him and if he gets matched up against edelman it's going to be a light show oh, uh, deandre baker's the other guy i don't even know what deandre baker is i've never seen him play but based <laughs> on the stats he can't be good uh, he has one pass defended so far <laughs> good for him <laughs> uh jabril peppers is a good player he's yes. about the only one that's, on the entire that's defense. really the only name that i recognize who's not injured yeah He's he's a good athlete. Uh, the game has slowed down for him a lot since since he was in Cleveland. Yeah. Um, and then they've got a veteran in Antoine Bethay, but but Jabril not... Peppers is basically just always going to be known as the guy that got traded for Odell Beckham, right? At this point. Yeah. Safe to say. Yeah. Like that's his legacy. This he's not. He's basically. not making a name for himself outside of that, from the looks of it statistically that that giants defense they're bottom third both in rushing yards and passing yards they are the third worst in total yardage allowed uh their points allowed is i think 25th in the league uh the points per game is around the same place uh it's just not not good no <laughs> and we we've had a couple of tough games the redskins have a better defense than people seem to think they have some talent the, the yeah, Bills yeah. have a very, very good defense. While, yes, we're on a short week, I see no reason why we can't go out there and put up points against this team. Do you what, what do you see the approach being from the Patriots offense? Do we, do we think it's more of a run-heavy thing? With that secondary, I can see us passing a lot. All right. Uh, I can see us doing, well, Janoris Jenkins has a tendency to... This week. Janoris Jenkins has a tendency to bite hard on double moves and play fakes and things like that. So oh, I definitely fully expect us to continue to run a lot more of those play fakes. Yeah. And I, if, if he gets matched up against Jill, Julian Edelman, he, those double moves are going to kill him badly. Oh God. Yeah. Um, if this, if Dorsett's healthy, they're in big trouble. Yeah. Do, have we heard anything from that? I've heard it was not um, a big deal, but the only thing I heard was it was just a minor that. injury. It was a minor hamstring thing. He might, yeah. they might keep him out. I, I don't, this is pure speculation on my part. I could see them keeping him out just because it's a Thursday game and they don't want to risk aggravating a hamstring for a game that they should be winning. Right. But 
if we see him, that's that's trouble for the Giants because they don't have anybody to cover him. Yeah, no kidding. I don't really have much more to say about the Giants, to be honest. Yeah, it's, I mean, the, I feel like it's turning into a bit of a broken record at this point because it feels like the same thing every week where... We just know what to expect, and then on Sunday, that or Thursday in this case, that's it happens. Yeah, <laughs> it's kind of almost feeling a little scripted at this point. Just yeah. everything goes according to plan, and I'm not sure how much we're going to see outside of that until we kind of get a few weeks into this um, and we start seeing games against the Browns and the Ravens and we might actually have something to talk about at that point but yep. the Giants We've this gotta, week and the Jets next week I'm not well it's really just two weeks we got a bye week between that oh right 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 no no the bye week's after the Ravens is it after the Ravens Yes. Oh, it is. You're right. No, okay. I'm just looking at the extended period of time off. That's actually going to be really good for us. Yeah, it's like a minute by week. We are going to be kind of banged up. Uh, it could give. It's going to give uh, you know guys like Nikhil Harry a chance to get fully healthy. We might be pulling him off of IR soon. Uh, yes. When does that? I was actually he's wondering. He's eligible about... to practice for week eight. Week eight. He's eligible okay. to return in week nine. Um. Oh, perfect. It's going to be good for our offensive line, uh, it's, it, especially the preparation that we can we can really work on communication with that. Uh, mm-hmm. We've got we got some banged up members of our defense, especially Pat Chung. It's going to be great for him. Uh, it and the, <laughs> a team like this with the age they've got, it, it's good to have. Basically, it's almost like two bye weeks in this case. It's good to have it early yeah. in the season. It's good to have the Thursday night game earlier in the season in this case. Right, because it's the Thursday night game, and then the Jets game is the Monday night game. Yeah, so it's so like a, even, a real long. We get even longer into, off. It's like eleven days, and, I think I heard. And should have Sam Darnold, but I'm still not exactly afraid of that matchup, especially with that long of preparation for it. Right, and he's probably not in great football shape anymore because he's been not after that. Right, he hasn't been able to work out or anything like that. So. Right. Yeah, I, I think at this point it feels like the preseason has been a bit prolonged because I know we talk about it usually being the first four weeks with the page still figuring things out. It feels mm-hmm. like at least offensively they're still figuring things out, but they have the luxury of yeah. a great defense and subpar opponents to be able to do so. Like it hasn't, even with all these issues that we've been seeing, I mean, the Patriots are still blowing teams out every week almost, except for the Bills game, which. Yeah. Was, I think, you know, their only real test. They still missed that was, it, and that was entirely expected. Yeah. Every game against the Bills, especially in Buffalo, is a slog because that defense is very, very good. Yeah, I mean, going into that game, I expected like my prediction in my mind was it was going to be a seventeen to seven sort of game. Yeah, it, it and that's like, basically what, exactly what it was. Yeah, I wasn't and, off by much, and I. I got so annoyed by just how many Patriots fans and parts of the Patriots media were basically running around like chickens with their head cut off because we didn't yeah. score a ton of points in the Bills. Because right. they expected the Bills to just roll over. Like they hadn't been watching Bills Patriots games over the last few years where it's been tough sledding. Yeah, especially early in the season, I feel like it's always one of those games where it's just never, they never can quite it doesn't come put easy. it away. The Bills still have hope. Yeah. Like, 
season. So they're, it, they're still playing hard through all four quarters. And it always takes like one of the, got, like an Amendola play to. I feel like Amendola bailed yeah. out the Patriots a bunch when he was here against the Bills specifically. Those yes, like, yes, he did. At least two games I can think of. I remember uh, the first year he was here, the game he tore yes. his groin, he toughed through it. He had like 10 catches in that game. Yeah, that was one of them where he, at the end of the game in the fourth quarter, that's all Brady was looking at was Amendola. He wasn't looking anywhere else. Yeah, I cannot, I cannot believe he played on a torn groin. Do you know how much a torn groin hurts? I've tweaked my groin before, and I have trouble getting up and down stairs. So, yeah, <laughs> carrying that thing and still playing football? <laughs> drugs you got to be on. Jesus Christ. And from my understanding of it, it wasn't. It was fully torn off the bone. Like it was a full oh. groin tear. I don't know oh, yeah. how he had lateral movement coming out. Oh, of that. you just made my bits tingle. Oh, <laughs> just thinking about that hurts. Oh, gross. That was that was gnarly. That allowed yeah. Edelman to come in and blow up, though. Right, and so I mean, there was that game, and then there was the game where. Brady had to make uh, he had to make that Edelman oh jeez Amendola had to make that like incredibly acrobatic catch yep. on a third and long or something he he did that a lot he he had some ridiculous leaping catches he really did that that guy has hops yep yeah the man can uh, he he's got some incredible body control when he's up in the air so now we right, do you want to do you want to move on to the pickums I guess. Let's do it. I saw yeah. that Matt. Well, it looks like he made pickums. <laughs> Have you seen these? He uh, took screenshots no. of the schedule and drew hand drew arrows pointing to I'm assuming the team he thinks will win. That seems um a lot more time consuming than just saying the team name but that is exactly something that would do yes I, yeah, i'm looking at it uh, now that is exactly something that would do fucking matt <laughs> oh he's, i love that kid he just he's, makes things difficult he's he's a character but let's let's start i mean i think uh, i'll double check but i'm pretty sure we're all on the same page with the thursday night game yeah, I, I'm pretty sure we're all going to pick the Patriots over the Giants here. Yeah, yeah, and that does seem to be what Matt picked. So let's just move straight on to Panthers Buccaneers. So, is this a London game? It's listed at 9:30 a.m. Yeah, I bet it is. Huh, that makes that interesting. I was going to say, oh, Buccaneers are home team, but nope. <laughs> I've been pretty impressed with what the Panthers are doing with Kyle Allen at quarterback. And I don't see the Buccaneers winning this game. They had they had a hard time beating a team where Cam Newton looked like crap and not run or throw the ball. I, I don't think the Buccaneers are going to win this game. So I'm picking the Panthers on that one. Hmm. I'm trying to come up with a reason why the Buccaneers could win this game. <laughs> but I think Jameis Winston in a new city is going to be – in on an island for all that, with all the crab legs around, I I feel like he's going to be way too distracted. <laughs> so you're um, going Panthers? I think I have to. Unfortunately, that means we all went the Panthers because Matt also picked the Panthers. I'm sure. I'm sure I know why. I'm sure he's got a shitty reason for it. Yeah, 
probably somebody that he thinks is somehow the greatest running back. In the NFL. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah the, <laughs> the same guy who will be injured by week seven is my guess. The sheer amount of usage. Like they, they are going to run that man into the dirt. Holy crap. The fact that they haven't already is a bit surprising. He, I saw a stat today that he has more, um, yards He's got more all purpose yardage than the jets have. Yes, as a exactly. Team. Yeah. Yeah. That's not, good <laughs> that's not sustainable <laughs> no also not good for the jets but no yeah that's uh, that's real bad we've got oh uh, this is uh eagles at the vikings i mean this is oh i was looking at a different one like, we got a different list here i'm looking at we'll my roll list. With your, we'll roll with your list damn so right got eagles at vikings you said okay yes what's the eagles record uh, I want to say they're three and two is my guess. Eagles. Let me just double check that, but I'm pretty <laughs> sure. If the Eagles are three and two, I'm picking the Eagles. Why? How does that make sense? <laughs> because Kirk Cousins doesn't we- beat teams that are above 500. He just doesn't oh, do it. Oh, touche. Yeah. Yeah, I mean. <sighs> he'll, look, he'll look like a world beater against bad teams. But I, I think the Eagles are going to give him fits. They've got a good defense. It's in Minnesota. I don't care about that. But I also fucking hate Kirk Cousins, so it's got. He's be not. Close. He's not been good this year. Yeah, and he 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 already had his beat up on a shitty team last week. Exactly. So he got all his his mojo out. So even though Matt decided to pick the Vikings because he's a fucking idiot, uh, <laughs> I'm picking the Eagles. All right, that brings us to um, the Tank Bowl. Redskins at Dolphins. A team that has already combined for 10 losses on the season. I have impressive. a really hard time picking this because I still maintain in terms of roster talent that the Dolphins are the worst team in the NFL. But the Redskins just took one hell of a shot to their morale by having Jay Gruden fired. Yeah. And, and that though? team... Does that well? The the players, based on all the language from the players, they are extremely angry about it. Yeah. Does that? I mean, but will they use that anger on the I, field? No. With something like that, morale has dropped so much. I mean, it might be just I, they are a more talented team than the Dolphins. But who are they going to be playing for? Themselves. Pride. <laughs> the I am. The, the little racist logo on their helmet. I am going to pick the Redskins in this game, oh, but geez. I don't feel good about it. I'm I just, the Dolphins are such that, a bad team. I'm extremely nervous that we're on the same page here. And Matt has picked the Dolphins. Hey, which, didn't I have a pretty good week last week? I picked the Colts to win. That was good. Um, You did pick the Colts to win. Yes, last week you got 10 right. I got 9 right. Matt got 7 right. So overall improvement. Yes. Um, I am at 38. Correct. You and Matt are tied at 37. <laughs> wow. This which is goes to show that after the which dreadful goes to show start that none of us had, actually know what the fuck we're talking about. <laughs> after the because, dreadful start I had. That's not bad. And, and this <laughs> also doesn't include week four where we kind of didn't really do picks. Yep. So, but yes, yeah, we obviously, none of us know what we're talking about. And the NFL's an absolute crapshoot. Uh, I can't pick this game, this Redskins Dolphins game, though. 
Uh, Just go with whatever your heart feels. Oh, my heart don't, doesn't don't, feel for this game. That's the problem. Don't, don't think about it. Just say the first name that you think. Oh, God. You know, I'm, go, I'm going with my boy. Uh, oh, God. I can't even think. Especially the <laughs> Dolphins coach, Flores. Oh, Flores. You're going to go flow. I got to. I got I to. Gotta, I mean, all, all the other expatriates, coaches, and and quarterbacks are doing well, so. I feel like I gotta. It, it's 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 overdue for the Dolphins to get a win. And you talked me into it with all that shit about the Redskins. You were saying, before yeah. Picked yeah. All right, Texans at Chiefs in Arrowhead with what may or may not be a hobbled. Um, yeah, I want to. I want to see frog. that real quick before I make my pick. Because it's left ankle again. This is the ankle he injured before. Injured before? Yeah, he got he injured it against the Jags initially. Oh, did he? Yeah. Oh, I didn't even know. And then he re-injured it. Um, that Texans pass rush is fierce. And Deshaun Watson is really good. But it is in Kansas City. I have a thing about the Texans where they look really good against a lot of teams, but against the top one or two teams, they always fall apart. I'm going to pick the Chiefs. All right. See, I'm, I understand what you're saying, but the problem with the Texans is their offensive line, and the Chiefs don't have any, Much sort, pass of, rush. Yeah. any sort of pass rush. And if you, we saw what happened last week if you don't get a pass rush on Deshaun Watson. He's very, very good. So I'm going to go with the Texans. I think Deshaun Watson's a legitimate MVP candidate. Oh, don't tell Matt that. We're, <laughs> we're going to have to not let Matt listen to this episode because <laughs> we're just kind of... Uh, yeah. yeah, that would not be good. <laughs> All right. <laughs> we'll just move on. Saints-Jaguars. Saints at Jaguars. In the beautiful city of Jackson. Nope. I'm a, I'm assuming the Saints are favored in this game. That would be my guess. I don't. I'm gonna go with the upset. You're going with the Jaguars. I'm feeling it. I don't know why. All right, Matt also picked the Jaguars. I am not feeling it. I think uh, Teddy Two Gloves has actually looked like a legitimate backup, especially. Oh, yeah. Teddy, Teddy Bridgewater, I think, looks like a starter more than anything. I think he's a good quarterback. I mean, I think he was a starter. It's just... The injury derailed him, and actually, now he's behind he's Reese. Really good, yeah. yeah. Before before he got hurt, and he's showing it now. So, uh, All right. Um, Seahawks, bro. That means I'm picking the Saints. I don't know if I actually said that. Yeah, you did. All right. Um, so Seahawks at Browns. Matthew. This is a tough one for me. Matthews decided but, to pick the Browns. But based on what I've seen with the Seahawks recently, I'm, I've got to pick the Seahawks. Yeah. Russell Wilson, honestly, Russell Wilson had some very insane throws in that game. Yeah. Like that, that throw trailing to his left across his body to the back corner of the end zone. Yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, that... Like, but it, it feels like they're asking him to do that almost every week now. Like they're—I mean, it's been like that. Barely winning games. Yeah, but they're barely winning games. 
Yeah. But it's not like the Browns are winning games. That's true. But I feel like the Browns are one of those teams that's going to win every other week because they'll win a game and then they'll kind of rest on their laurels um, and then get blown out the next week and then actually put their nose to the grindstone the week after. They're also also about to go against a team that has a really good pass rush. And their offensive line is dreadful. And Freddie Kitchens does not know how to coach a team. That's true. But I'm picking the Browns because it's my last name. So fuck you. <laughs> ha. All right. Uh, Bengals at Ravens. Ravens. I don't even really want to talk about this one. Could somebody stop slamming their fucking door out there. <laughs> All right. Ravens. Ravens. I don't think the Ravens are that good. But are the Bengals any better? The Bengals are one of the worst three teams in the NFL. This is true. But I think the Ravens are overrated. Oh, it is in... It's in Baltimore. It's in Baltimore. Oh, I hate it when we all there's, pick the same. There's no way you can justify picking the Bengals. They are legitimately a f- number one overall pick candidate right now. No. Yes. Absolutely not. Absolutely. They're not great. I'll give you that, but they're, they're not... They're terrible. A- they're they not are a number terrible. One. There are two teams that are arguably worse than them. At least. Not just, no, they're, it's legitimately just two. There's <laughs> nobody else. It's just the Dolphins and the Redskins. Uh, and the, the Jets? No, the Jets actually have a quarterback now. Eh, well, is he any better than Andy Dalton? Yes, absolutely. Not with Mono, he isn't. <laughs> He doesn't have Manu anymore, and he's got receivers. Uh, who? Robbie Anderson's a pretty darn good receiver. Le'Veon Bell yeah. might as well be a receiver half the time. I don't know. It's a lot better than Boyd, and that's about it. <laughs> I'm not putting the Broncos or the, the Falcons up there either. Or, the Broncos or even the, the Cardinals. are definitely better than the Pinks. The Cardinals are... Not the Cardinals at least have some talent. The Broncos have been sneaky decent despite their win loss record, and the Falcons still have talent. They just keep blowing games in hysterical fashion. Yeah, like those are teams that all three of those teams that you mentioned should win games. The Bengals don't. The the, the only game that they should win is against the Dolphins, arguably. Uh, every other game they're going to be the underdog and they're going to deserve it. That is a bad football team. I mean, I'll give you, they're not great. No, they're worse than not great. <laughs> no, I, I still think there are worse teams in this league. They, they don't have a shot at the number one pick. They will accidentally win a game. And you know what? I think this week's the week. I'm picking We're going to find out when they play the Dolphins who the worst team in the NFL is. Yeah, I mean, the Dolphins have uh, a tough schedule coming up if they want that first pick. <laughs> yeah, they're going to have to lose teams. to the Bengals, and they're going to have to lose to the the Washingtons. <laughs> so, all right. I'm picking the Bengals. I'm going out on a limb. It's worked so far this year. Uh, Falcons at Cardinals. Well, I've made a vow that I'm not picking the Falcons a single time the rest of the year just because <sighs> they burned me. Yeah, so I'm going with the Cardinals. Matt has also gone with the Cardinals. So here we are again. <laughs> now you had to find a way to justify the Falcons. 
This should be easier than the Bengals. You, you, were, so, just, you, you were spewing outright falsehoods about the Bengals. No, I wasn't. Because yeah, actually, yeah, if you, you look were. at it, uh, <laughs> the Bengals' point differential is negative 56. Uh, and the Jets' point differential is negative 62. So the Jets are actually worse. But the Jets were starting Luke Falk at quarterback. Yeah, it doesn't matter. The Redskins are only, neg- <laughs> only negative 15. <laughs> That is that is surprising. The Redskins well, have actually The Redskins had that like Oh wait, no, sorry, negative seventy eight. I was looking at the wrong column. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right. Yeah, so the Redskins are even worse. So yeah, I mean you've got at least three teams that are on paper worse than the Cincinnati. Just look at points against. You gotta take some and context into account, which is that yeah. the Jets are they were on their third string quarterback. But the strength of schedule is actually well, it's about the same actually. <laughs> all these teams. You're grasping at straws here. Now pick between the Falcons and Cardinals. Uh, you know what? I'm picking the Falcons because uh, even though they throw a horrible interceptions in the red zone, at least they're not kicking field goals, which is what the Cardinals <laughs> do every time they get anywhere inside the 10. So until the Cardinals can stop doing that, they have to prove it to me. So as much as I've said I'm not picking the Falcons, all you assholes have decided that... Uh, you're not going to help me out there. So I'm Falcons and I'm going to win. All right. 49ers at Rams. Oh, this will be a good game. I've got the Niners. As does Matt. I think if he were here, he'd be worried. <laughs> he would. Um, he shouldn't be because I had a really good week last week. Yeah, I, how'd you do the four weeks before that? Yeah, I must have done pretty well the week before that as well, considering how you know close we are all of a sudden. Because I was dreadfully behind you guys after a couple of weeks. Yeah, you weren't good the first couple of weeks. Yeah, that was, that's well, why this entire thing has started. <laughs> but uh, no, I think Jimmy Garoppolo has shown that he can still play. He's he's he definitely still shows that he's a little bit uncomfortable. But he's shaking off a lot of that rust, and he's he's playing efficient football. That rushing attack looks very good. Uh, Shanahan's one of the best play callers in the NFL. His offensive scheme is amazing, and that defense is fantastic. And I definitely think that defense can create fits for Goff, who has not impressed me at all this year in, in any way. That's true, but Juszczyk uh, is out for four or six weeks, I think, with that knee thing. I don't think Juice is going to make or break a game necessarily. Uh, we've seen what happens to teams that run with a fullback when they no longer have one. Because it happened to us. Yeah, but they I lost Juszczyk the and still ran well. Well, it was the Browns after they had given up. So <laughs> I don't think you can take a lot from that. And because it's in the, uh, what the hell is that stadium called there in LA? The Coliseum. I think it's going to be you, a bloodbath. And I think I'm gonna are, you, are you ascribing a home field advantage to Los Angeles? Yep. That's impressive. It's, it's the heat. The 49ers can't play well in the heat. Well, uh, the altitude. Isn't, isn't LA... Santa Clara South Santa Clara is San Francisco is more northern isn't it I I don't know but it's it's probably closer to sea level so I think uh, the 49ers are going to have trouble in the altitude of Los Angeles I mean they're they're both whatever let's continue on (laughs) Cowboys at Jets Cowboys (sighs) yeah I don't think I can talk myself into the Jets. No, you can't. 
<laughs> not even with Sam Darnold coming back. Like, I yeah, I think Sam like, Darnold. It's I think he's gonna look he's like gonna Chad be rusty. Pennington. He's gonna look like Chad. He's Pennington. gonna be rusty. No, no uh, oomph on his ball anymore because he he's wasted away. He's he's a waif. <laughs> so I, I yeah, I'm gonna pick the Cowboys. All right, Titans at Broncos. Broncos finally got a win, which surprised the hell out of me, and I think it surprised the hell out of all of us because I don't think any of us picked the Broncos. We did not. No, I don't think so. God, I hate picking Titans games. I hate picking Titans games. You love it. They're the, they might be the least predictable team to pick in football because they don't do ever what they're supposed to do at any point. Like even when there's like even when you think, oh, they're not going to do this because the trend is that they don't do what they're supposed to do, then they go and do what they're supposed to do that week. So you just don't know what. The... So it's football Fuck then. It. I'm pick. I'm fucking <laughs> picking the Titans. Ooh. There are some teams that are predictable. All right, who is favored in this game? Broncos probably have a significant home field advantage. I don't know how to but they read this. But the Titans have at least won some games. The Broncos have only won the one. Hmm. Hang on. I don't know how to read. I'm not a better. How do I read this? If it's oh okay, here we whoever go. has the minus is favored. Denver is two and a half, favored by two and a half. So because basically of basically home field advantage. Yeah, that's, that's literally home field advantage. So you're picking the Titans, huh? Yep. Man, Matt also picked the Titans. Man, Matt's going to be really disappointed to hear about that. Yeah, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if we found him hanging from his uh, rafters after this. <laughs> um. I mean, it's in Mile High, and I'm already on record saying that elevation matters. So you're so going to pick the Broncos. I'm going with the Broncos. They, they're going to play off that win. And, uh, yeah, and uh, Mike Rabel's penis is safe for another week. <laughs> so that's good. Steelers at Chargers. Yikes. Yikes is right. Um, I picked neither of these well, teams. I don't trust hold either. Up. There's no way in hell Mason Rudolph is going to play. It's probably for the best. Yeah, I've, I've got to go with the Chargers because of that. There's no way in hell Mason Rudolph is going to be ready to play. Chargers lost the Broncos last week. Yeah, Remember but the that, Broncos right? didn't have their third-string quarterback out there. Well, it's not like the Steelers looked good with their second-string Joe quarterback. Flacco. I mean, it's not a huge difference. Joe Flacco is at least a competent NFL quarterback. He's whoa, whoa, okay. whoa, uh, whoa. Let's compare. Whoa. Let's let's Pump briefly compare. Let's briefly compare Confident. Joe Flacco with Luke Falk because that's that's the comparison. That's the that's the starter and the third string quarterback. Who are you picking? Are you picking Luke Falk or Joe Flacco? Depends. Has Luke Falk got? There's first. no depends. There Has is no Luke, depends. There is. Here. Has Luke Falk no. got first team reps during practice during the week or no? Luke Falk had first team reps against the Patriots. Yeah, that's the Patriots. Everybody gets look what their, that did for him. Everybody gets their arms ripped off against the Patriots defense. So that's <laughs> that's not a fair comparison. You can't talk yourself into the Steelers. You can't do it. Watch me. <laughs> 
The Chargers are a goddamn dumpster fire, and I'm sick of picking so them. So are the Steelers. I'm sick of drafting their fucking players in fantasy just for them to get hurt. And they've <laughs> they've burned me one too many times. So they are on the shit list with the Falcons, who I've already picked this week. So fuck you guys for that. <laughs> so I am picking the Steelers because somebody has to. And I, I think don't know why somebody has to. They don't they don't even have their somebody has back. to. It doesn't matter. Their second string guy. I, we, I'm already on record saying his head was too big for his helmet. Anyway, did you see it when they took his his face mask off? Good God, he looked like one of those uh, porcelain figurines that's that's playing tackle football with Jesus, <laughs> with the without the face mask on and looking like he didn't even know what day of the week it was. All right, we've got oh, one more game. That was that was a bad look. We got one more game here. Well, we're going to finish off strong. Uh, Lions at the Packers in Green Bay. Uh, home field advantage. I'm going with the Packers, but I do think it's going to be a tough game. All right. Matthew is gone with the loins. Um, I think, I mean, the Lions have had some success in Green Bay lately, especially against, well, just against the Packers in general. But I think they've won two of the last three in Green Bay. The Packers hadn't been very good recently, though. This year, well, they're a lot better, it looks like. Yeah, I think so with the Lions. I mean, look what the Lions did to... Uh, the Lions look very competitive this year. I'll give them yeah, that. They've hung in but, there with, with, with good teams. And I think... I think Aaron Rodgers... And that's why I think it is going to be... I think it's going to be a dogfight. I think so. Um... I don't know. I was going to pick the lines. I've kind of talked myself out of it, so I'm trying to talk myself back into it. <laughs> um, I don't know. Matt Patricia defense against Aaron Rodgers. We've seen what he can do against other scrambling quarterbacks. So, But I we also see all right. if, if the Lions have a lead at all in the seventh in the seventh quarter, if they have like a seven-point lead in the fourth quarter, they're going to lose. Yeah. They're absolutely going to lose because Matt Patricia is going to do that three-man rush bull crap. Yeah, and- prevent defense. God, God damn I, don't, I don't miss that in New England. No, it's so familiar, though. Uh, all right. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Packers. You talk me into it. If it's wrong, I'm blaming you. All right. All right. So that is all of our picks. I am. I'd say I'm feeling good about it, but I'm not sure. Yeah, I, I think I feel okay-ish about it. Yeah, I, I'll probably also blame Matt for a lot of these as well. Good Mainly because he's not here, but fuck him. Yeah, yeah. All right, so that yeah. should just about wrap it up, right? I think so, yeah. Everybody enjoy right. the uh, the Thursday night special. Don't stay up too late, and hopefully your Friday doesn't suck. Yeah. Your Friday morning from staying up late watching the game because it'll be past my bedtime. So well, thanks for tuning in to the Pink Stripes podcast. Uh, see you all next week, I guess. Yeah, enjoy Ryan's musical interlude. I'm sure we'll be coming right about now. <laughs>